So today I want to kind of continue this thought and that we've got to get used to different and that we've got to be different. How many knows that when we come into the kingdom of God, we enter into a new way of living? We enter into a new way of doing things. And there's a line I've, I've said two or three times in this series, and that is, Jesus died for different. Jesus died so that we would be different, so that we would be changed. And, and no longer are we living for ourselves when we follow Jesus. Now we are living for the glory and the praise of God. Does anybody want that in your life? Does anybody want to give God glory in your life? You know, a, a lot of times we talk about leadership and we need more leaders and I agree with that. There's a lot of truth in that. But in, in God's kingdom, the way you lead is by following. As we all follow the greatest leader, that's how we lead. And I think maybe instead of focusing more on how we can be better leaders, maybe we need to spend more time on how to be better followers. Because if we're better followers, we're gonna be better leaders to the people following us. And, and so that, that is what discipleship and Christianity is all about. It's about following Jesus and Luke Chapter nine, Jesus told his followers, he said, if anyone would come after me, let him do whatever he wants, say a prayer, and then just get on with it and not change their life at all. No, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. In other words, accept the death penalty spiritually. Take up that cross daily, every day. We're called to be different and follow me. That is what it looks like to be different. That's what it looks like to be a Christian. And how, how do we do this? Well, two words, obedience and submission. We've got to submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And in our culture, submitting to anybody looks different. Because we don't like anybody telling us what to do anymore, do we? And so we've, we've gotta be submitted and we have got to be obedient. That's what different looks like. And, and disruption brings different. And when Jesus comes into our life, he disrupts us. He disrupts our plans. He disrupts our way of living. He disrupts everything that we've got going on in our life. And that is the test of submission is when we say, God, you can have it all. You can have every part of me because I want to be different for you. Come on, does anybody want to be different today? Come on, give God praise. <laughs> so I want to give us some points. Number one, <clears throat> following Jesus means you're different. I'm gonna say it again, following Jesus means you're different. Would the real Christians please stand up? Following Jesus means that you come out of darkness into light. It means you come out of the world into the kingdom of God. It, it means you are different. 
It doesn't mean that you're like everybody else, but you just happen to show up at the right building with a cross on it at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Come on, somebody. But we are new people. We're new creations. We're different than the person next door. We're different than the world around us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul shows us this, and he says, Now I say this and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. And that means the unbelievers. In the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them and due to the hardness of their heart. They have become callous and they have given themselves to sensuality, greedy to practice of every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. In other words, that's not who you are. That's not what we do. When you come into the kingdom of God, you enter into a new ethic. You enter into a new way of living life. And and he's saying, I'm assuming that you've heard about him and were taught him as the truth in Jesus. In other words, he's saying, what I'm about to say, this is what it means to live the truth in Jesus. That you what? Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt and deceitful desires and that you put on everybody say a new self in other words somebody say a different person created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness can somebody testify today that that's what Jesus did in your life that Jesus changed your life you didn't just come out of the baptistry a wet sinner but you came out a new creation that your desires are new your outlook is new your habits are new come on somebody agree with me today that Jesus changes everything everything and here's the next question I want to ask you are you happy that Jesus did that Is anybody glad that Jesus changed you? You see, there is a complete life change that occurs when you make, when you really make Jesus the Lord of your life. Not just reciting some prayer, not just going through religious functions, but when you really make Jesus the Lord of your life, you and you undergo a true conversion experience, something changes. And it doesn't mean you're perfect. But it means you're better than you were yesterday. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I need to be. And by the way, that's true for everyone here today. But I'm not where I used to be. I'm going a different direction. And when I fall down, I get right back up and I take up that cross again. And I keep my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And he's going by his grace to carry me where I need to go to live a life of righteousness and holiness. See, God didn't save you for hell insurance. That's how, what some people, their view of Jesus is. I just want me some good hell insurance. How little do I have to pay 
Bishop said, the lowest premium to keep me out of hell. And if that's your idea of Jesus and that's, that's your idea of what Christianity is about, you are missing the point. It's about falling in love with God and letting him change you into his image. Getting sick of yourself, getting tired of the sin in your life and saying, Jesus, I want everything that's of you and help me to hate everything Amen. in my life that's not like you. And, and said, God didn't save us so that we could continue to live in sin. And now we believe in grace. And grace is this, it's the reality that we need help. How many know you need help? How many knows we continually need forgiveness. He's forgiven us once and for all, but we, we continually, we need to repent for thoughts, actions, deeds. Well, after we undergo conversion experience, but the point is that we're moving in the right direction. And, and we don't wanna take advantage of the grace of God like it's a credit card that we have that we can just rack up whatever we want to and daddy will take care of it. No, 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 that, you're missing the point of grace. What grace does is it helps me to see what he's done for me and want to live for him, want to please him, want to pursue him. And so God saves us by his righteousness and the righteousness of Christ is imputed inside of us, but it just doesn't stay there. It grows and changes us. Any righteousness that we have comes from Jesus but if we're connected to divine, that there's gonna be fruit that grows. How many wants fruit to grow out of your spiritual tree? And people are gonna be able to look at you and say, there's fruit growing from that tree. That, that is a Christ-like person. Exodus chapter 19, Moses writes this, and it's the Lord speaking through him. And it says, you yourself have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Isn't that beautiful? That, that's what happened when God saved you. Like an eagle that swoops down and rescues something from prey and brings it out and puts it in a safe place. That's what God did when he saved you out of Egypt. How many knows you didn't deserve it? It wasn't some brilliant idea that you had that God did a supernatural work in your life to take you out of that bar stool, to take you out of that bondage, to take you out of that lifestyle, and now you're sitting here in freedom in Jesus. Somebody praise God for that right now. If that doesn't make you shout, I don't have anything else. He took us out on eagle's wings. But here's why he did that. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God saved us so that we could become holy so that we could become like him, so that we could become his representatives in the earth. God didn't save you just for hell insurance. He saved you to, to be a disruptor to the kingdom of darkness. 
and to be a change agent. That's why he saved us. And, and God set them free out of the slavery of Egypt so that they could walk in his ways and bring the rest of the world into his lordship. And so you can't make sense of the Bible unless you understand that a holy God came for a holy people to come live with him in a holy heaven. Right. A holy God came for a holy people so that they can come and live with him in a holy heaven. Right. And the word holy means to be set apart. It means to be different. It means that there's some things you don't touch. Why? Because they're holy. Teaching this concept to my kids right now, like no, you do not touch that. That is set apart. Things like our remote, right? I mean, some things you just don't play with. I mean, recently I was in Washington, D.C., and uh, we walked along, probably my favorite part in Washington, D.C. is the Vietnam Memorial Wall. And, and there, there's just a, a sacredness when you read those names, represents sacrifice, blood that was spilled. And it just reminded me that that place is great, but, but so is every day the ground I'm walking on with Jesus is holy. This is holy ground that we're here today in. Why? Because God is here. And that reminds us, I don't just do whatever I want to do. If I were to meet the king or queen of England, when I'm in their presence, I don't just say whatever I want to. I watch my mannerisms. I watch my words. I watch every part of conduct about my life. Why? Because I'm in this presence of something special, someone special. And that is the same principle of how we approach holiness with God. We're not just walking in the midst of our old pal Jesus. No, no, he is holy. He is complete righteousness. And he deserves our greatest attention. And so that's why I live my life with holiness in view with sanctification and view. And any version of Christianity that doesn't give instruction and holiness and righteousness is a half version. Right. It's not the real thing. Why? Because that's why God saved us. Right. That's why God brought us out. Right. That's why God wants to do in our what God wants to do in our life is so that like Israel, that we will be a kingdom of priests. And everywhere we go, we bring the kingdom with us. Why? Because we're different. Because of what God has done in our life. And so Jesus is God's perfect holiness in human form. I love that song. The name of it just escaped me, but it's a really great song. It's awesome. Surrounded by your glory. I can, only I, I can only imagine. There you go. What will I do? Will I dance for you, Jesus? And all these conversations sometimes we hear, you know, 
do you think there'll be food in heaven or will we be married in heaven? I think when we get to heaven and we see Jesus, we're gonna be so in awe that food, sex, relationships, that's gonna be the last thing on our mind because we serve a magnificent Savior. We serve an awe-inspiring Savior. And I just wonder if we could live like that here, if we could live like that today. Does anybody wanna see Jesus? I can only imagine. Number two, different starts on the inside. Different starts on the inside. Matthew 23, Jesus said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may be clean. Wow. You see, the Pharisees were all about behavior modification. And I encounter this so many times. And I wanna tell you, you don't have to be religious to be a Pharisee. I encounter this all the time. People say, Pastor, I'm gonna get back to church. I'm gonna change some things and I'm gonna get back to church. How many of us, that's not the way it works. We don't start outside and work inside. You know why the, the problem didn't start outside, it started inside. The addiction didn't start outside, it started inside. The anger didn't start outside, it started inside. And so we have to start on the inside and we don't get holy outside of Jesus. We've got to get rid of this mentality of that, I have to get good to get God. No, you, you get God and then you get good. And he said, you're, you're full of, of dead men's bones. Guys, you, you, you do all these things to try to prove to people that, and prove to yourself that something that you're not, you have to have a born again conversion experience that starts right here because that's where the problem is. That's where the problem is. And, and the problem didn't start on the outside and it can't be fixed on the outside. And we see with, with Jesus, the rich young ruler comes and he gives him a list of things that he's done. I, I, I do all these things. I honor my parents. I, I do all these commandments. And Jesus said this, yes, but there's one thing that you lack. Now go and give all your possessions to the poor and come follow me. In other words, Jesus Pinpoints this guy's problem is you have a love of money inside of your heart. That's what's keeping you from following me. It's not that you don't love your parents. It's not that you're out committing adultery and getting drunk and all these things. Your problem, bud, is that you love money and you're greedy. And it says he walked away sorrowfully. You see, here, here's what I, what I have found is that God wants to get a hold of the one thing that we're holding back. It's like, yeah, but God, look at the 99 things I do good, I do well. He's like, yeah, well, what about this, right? No, 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 no. Can't have that. But God, what about the 99 things? Well, if I'm Lord of your life, I want the one thing you're holding back. Ouch. Mark chapter seven, Jesus said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. From within, 
Out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these things come from within a person and they defile him. In other words, our problem is inside. The problem specifically is our heart. And all these pop psychologists out there that say just follow your heart, turn them off immediately. That is the worst advice you can follow. Why? Because the heart is deceitfully wicked. Our hearts betray us. Our hearts lead us to dark places that we shouldn't go. And if our desire is evil, then our mind is quick to latch on to our heart's desire. See, our mind and our heart work together. And before it, we're full of evil desires. That's why Jesus said, be careful what you see, boy, because your eye is the lamp to their soul. Whatever I feed myself goes through my mind into my heart and then my heart back into my mind. And, and here's what we've learned to do. We've learned to modify our behavior, but not monitor our hearts. We're really good at making sure we don't say the wrong words. We're really good at making sure that we don't do, quote unquote, the wrong things. Meanwhile, there's a heart issue stirring up and raging inside of us. That is the real problem. And you don't get good by modifying just your behavior. You've got to change your heart. You've got to ask God to change your heart. And have, has anybody ever done this? Is you, you catch yourself sometime and you just give your real opinion about something. Maybe you catch yourself sometimes as somebody gets under your skin and you tell them what you've really been wanting to tell them. Or sometimes you, you, just, you just slip and you just do that thing. And you say this, where'd that come from? And then you have to apologize. Like, I, I don't know where that came from. I'm, I'm so sorry. Jesus said it came from your heart. It's been there a long time. And it just didn't happen. It's been stirring inside there. It's been raging inside of there. And that's why we, we've got to train this generation that we don't just modify behaviors. We don't just change behaviors, we change our heart. And if we change our heart, those behaviors will follow. The, the right actions will follow. And I want you to notice, Jesus said you first clean the inside of the cup and then he said, then you clean the outside. By the way, you still clean the outside. You still change behaviors. You still change presentations. You still change the outside. It's just we don't start there. We start on the inside first. And, and here's what we've got to realize is that our heart, my heart, your heart is in need of constant, everyday monitoring. Every day I've got to monitor my heart. When someone offends me, I've got to monitor my heart lest a root of bitterness grows. When I fail, I've got to monitor my heart. When, when I, I, I don't... Uh, Pray like I used to. I need, that, I need to monitor my heart. And here's what we, we've done is that we've, like many in the medical community, we've become great at treating symptoms and ignoring the disease. We've got to get 
deep. And we've got to ask God, what is in my heart? And what is in my heart that would make me say that? What is in my heart that would make me think that? What is in my heart that if I'm really honest with myself, I would like to do that? We've got to be honest with God. What pulls my attention? What pulls on my desires? If I fix my inside, here's how I do that. I give Jesus full access to every corner, every closet of my inner self. And I get really honest with myself. And and here's a a part that we never want to talk about, but I let other people in. And I tell them my struggles. Why? That's how God, God works in community. And we, we admit that maybe I need to go to Celebrate Recovery. Or if it's not Celebrate Recovery, I need to go to something. Because I've got some darkness in my heart that is boiling, and it's, one day it's going to boil over. Come on, somebody. Am I being real right now? This is how we get back to holiness. So God, he wants our hearts, not just modified behavior. He wants our hearts, not just modified. How many knows that quitting smoking doesn't save you? Now you should. But it won't save your soul. We change the heart first, then we work out. Then we work out. Why? Because it's a work of Christ in our hearts. It's a work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Point number three I want to give us today is this different is difficult. Different is difficult. There's a reason why there's a lot of people who aren't here today. Difference difficult. It's hard to be different. When you really do this, when you really take Jesus seriously, not everybody's gonna stand and clap and applaud you. You're gonna lose friends. You're gonna lose people who you thought had your back. You're gonna lose people who you thought admired you. But different is difficult. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus says, woe to you scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites for you tithe mint and and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These ought you have to have done without neglecting the others. Now, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they were so radical about tithing that they tithed from their spices. Come on, I just want to tell you, we don't want you to do that, all right? Please do not come and and lay your spices here on the altar. Uh, We'll take your money. That that works. Dollars. Although I would avoid crypto right now. That's a little little shaky. But they were so radical about tithing. They would tithe from their spices. And Jesus is saying, you missed the forest for the trees. He said, weightier matters. Everybody say, weightier matters. And it's not that they're in holiness, there's like this, you know, over here is really important. This isn't, it's all important. But if we focus on the minors at the expense of the majors, we're missing the point. You see, the Pharisees tithed from their spices, but would stone people at a drop of a hat, would go after people, would be uh, nasty and mean, and would block people from getting to God to keep their 
point of superiority. And Jesus said, the weightier matters are this, they're justice and mercy and faithfulness. He said, this is what you should have done and done the other. In other words, it's not either or. Do all of it. What, what is justice? That means I have a heart to see people treated fairly. What, what is mercy? I have mercy for people. Do you know that's a part of holiness? Right. Having mercy for people? Right. Area I struggle with. Did you know that he wants us to, to be righteous? Not just in some things. Right. And I'm, I'm gonna say this. There, there's some things for me that are easy to do. And I'll, I'll use tithing as an example. It, it, it's just part of our family DNA. Like, I, I don't struggle with that. I don't even have to think about it. That's just automatic for me. But that's not all God wants from me. How many knows that you can tithe and be lost? God is saying, I think that we tend to major and we tend to focus on issues of holiness that are natural for us. Some things are easy for me because I've been raised in this thing and it's just like second nature. Like, that's just, I don't even have to think about it. Right. Sometimes I forget that there's people coming out of darkness into light, that this is all new and this is all incredibly difficult and I can be really judgmental and harsh with people who struggle in areas I don't. And I just wanna say this. I wanna thank God that there are some really difficult issues I don't struggle in, but I pray, God, give me mercy for those who do. And so different is difficult. So I wanna ask you today, what part of your life is difficult to give to God? And that's probably the area of holiness he's trying to speak to you about. And we all have them. We all have them. I wanna to close today in saying this, is that the world needs us to be different. The world needs us to be different. Matthew chapter five, verse 10. And Jesus tells us what different looks like and the effects of it and the power of it. And the, the world doesn't need a church that acts just like them the rest of the week. Come on. He saved us, but he saved us from what? What did he save us if we're no different than anybody else? And if we dare to be different, there will be persecution. There will be people say nasty things. There's gonna be misunderstanding. People aren't going to understand different, but the world needs a different church. Matthew chapter five, verse 10, Jesus said, blessed are those that are persecuted for the righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you and be glad. I'm sorry, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and other all kinds of evil things about you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In other words, if you're different, you're in good company. Then he says this, you are the light of the world. I'm sorry, you are the salt of the earth. But if it's lost, if the salt has lost its taste, 
How shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except it be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. In other words, if the church stops being the church, if the church stops being different, what use does it have? He says, you are the, the light of the world, a city on a hill which cannot be hidden. Nor do people put a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. Come on, how many knows it's time to give light to the whole house? It's time to light up this community. It's time to light up this country. It's time to light up our high schools. Don't hide your light. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Can we stand right now all over this place? And can we just pray this prayer, God, make me different? God, make me different for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, God, we would be a city set on a hill in this community. When others are compromising, when others are blending in, and no one wants to take a stand for Jesus anymore, God, we would stand upon the solid rock of the apostles say, I still believe there's one God and his name is Jesus. I still believe that you have to be saved. You have to be born of water and spirit. You have to come out of darkness into light. And there's a God who saves us, who can change us, restore us, doesn't need more of the same. The world needs different. And that's who we are. Today, if you need a change in your life, you need different in your life, I'm gonna open up these altars right now. If you just need prayer for whatever it is in your life, come on, come, come up front today. If you, uh, there's an issue in your life, you're, you just wanna say, God, I need help because I, I wanna get the nasty stuff out of my life. God, I want to be just like you. I want to be just like Jesus.